Welcome back to another episode of One of Us Has to Be Right. I'm in my bag right now. I'm feeling terrible. Yeah, Justin's like on death's I, doorstep. Yeah, this this last hour just has been miserable. I have the body of a 67, but going on fucking 98. Oh, oh. sorry. Oh. <laughs> right <laughs> off the bat. That's, that's how bad we're feeling. Um, yes, yeah, so we're going to keep this episode short this week, and we're going to send it on over to Josh so I can stop talking for a second. Yeah, um, my... my God. <laughs> sorry. Uh, my scary good... Uh, I guess we'll do scary good, scary bad, as is the Hello. tradition on the podcast. Um, my scary good is the fact that even though the Celtics just went up 2-0 on the Nets, there's a chance that Ben Simmons is going to be saw that. suiting game up, four. suiting game up Game Four, four which um, hopefully the That's Nets, huge. hopefully the Nets can win Game Three, so it's not bad. You know what I mean? Like it's not like one of those things where um, he's yeah. he's suiting up for the three zero matchup when they're just going to lose anyway. But if they yeah. can pull it to two one, it'll be in Brooklyn though, right? Look, I thought they were going to win tonight. I they were looking really <clears throat> solid there, and then the Celtics came out in the second half and and really pulled away. Um, yeah, but really just the fourth quarter there. But scary good is finally getting to see Ben Simmons play in a Nets uniform. Um, Hopefully, yeah. I mean Daniel Tice and Al Horford, I think combined, put up almost forty tonight. So they definitely. <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah. So, I want to hold on. Let me double check that. I I think it was almost forty. I think it was close to. No, I listen. If you got Al Horford and Daniel Tice running in your pockets, life isn't good for you. Uh, yeah. Tice had fifteen and Horford had sixteen. Sorry, a little thir- thirty-one. They had combined thirty-one, but still, uh, they need. Yeah, you sh- you shouldn't be giving that up. No, they need his clamps on defense. So, <clears throat> speaking of basketball, keeping it in in the the world of the NBA. We saw the family. game two last night, Suns-Pelicans, which we thought okay. was yeah. going to be Suns and four. Suns and four. But after an incredible first half that saw him scoring 31 points. And a fist bump. And a fist bump from a small child. <laughs> Devin Booker has hamstring tightness, which was a yeah. good precaution by Monty Williams to pull him. <clears throat> But it looks like he won't be playing Game 3 and Game 4. And I was talking to my buddy Mike today on the walk-in, and, and we both agreed that Devin Booker is their scorer. Like, they really don't have anyone. Absolutely. They don't have anyone who can come off the bench and give them 20. Like, there's a lot of teams in the league who have, got, like, a second option. I don't yeah. think Chris Paul is that. I don't think Cam Johnson is that. I don't think Michael Bridges is that. I don't think DeAndre I don't think is that. Yeah, he's not so, going to be eating that much. So it really is going to become a defensive game for them. And whoever they throw in to replace Book at that kind of like stretch three two spot, um, it's going to be tough to fill his shoes. I mean, he is a volume scorer, and he is the kind of the lifeblood of that Suns team. He's their superstar, so it's going to be tough to see how they replace him. Um, hopefully, that injury doesn't continue to plague. Um, yeah, but that'll throw off our brackets a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I was I was right about Jordan Poole. Came out and is yeah. absolutely looking like uh, Steph Curry Jr. out there. So yeah, um, he's, he's going to get a start. Is he in the starting lineup yet? Oh yeah, no? I, yet. I think I think either he's coming off the bench for Clay or vice versa. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, I like I like Jordan Poole a lot. I said that last week. Yeah. But I'll kick it on over to you for your scary good and bad. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, high caliber players that are out for their team. 
but their team is still finding ways to win. And I know John's been waiting for this, but shout out to the New York Mets. I can't believe I said that. Let's go, Mets. Um, yeah, DeGrom's been out, but they're still finding ways to win. Won the doubleheader uh, yesterday. Yeah. So that that's on Tuesday for those listening on Friday. And, um, yeah, Polar Bear looks really good. Lindor looks like he was worth every bit of that contract. And, um, yeah, just, just real good on the Mets. If, uh, you know, Max Scherzer can keep it up, they can, you know – figure out how to manage with their bullpen. I know John gets a little testy when they get into the sixth. Um, but it's all going to be good because when DeGrom comes back, they're still going to be healthy, the rest of the team, hopefully. And um, <clears throat> if they can keep that up, I, I don't see a reason why they won't win the division, even though the Mets have a signature way of falling apart after the <laughs> All-Star break. It's almost, um, it's, and I don't it's mean, almost classic. Yeah, it's almost guaranteed, and I don't mean to I don't mean to manifest it because we know how good I am at talking stuff into existence accidentally. Yeah. But um, so I'm sorry, John, but somebody had to say it. I mean, the Suns are uh, the best team in the West, and <laughs> that was manifested by you a mere 15 months ago. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with the Mets. Uh, hopefully, they can keep it going. Hopefully, for John's mental sanity, he can keep it going. Because you know, I was talking to him the other day, and I was like, Yeah, you know, like I feel like the Mets, like. Just never have had success in our lifetime. Like, I mean, the like, Piazza yeah, they always, era. I mean, I mean, I get that, but it's like they've always either come so close, or they're always talking about next year is going to be the year. And then you know that Daniel Murphy World Series. Yeah. They lost, and I don't know that might have been like 2016 or 17. It feels like. Yeah, and then there um, was like the whole David Wright, Jose Reyes era too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just feels like it just feels like they make all these splash moves and they're always trying to put themselves back into contention, but it just never happens. Never. Yeah. So hopefully now with hopefully now with Lindor and Scherzer as their stud additions to this year, I mean I full season wise, you know, hopefully that you know, the Mets can get over that hump finally. Scary bad. And we're gonna touch on this. This is gonna be a segue, but I'm not saying that this player is scary bad. I think the situation for the team is scary bad. Does that make sense? So yes. What Debo? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was like, I was like, we're just gonna keep going. Um. So, is what's happening with Debo Samuel and the 49ers? Yeah. Now, originally reports came out that, you know, he's gonna skip training camp, try to get the big contract signed. And now it's coming out that he just officially requested a trade, doesn't want to be on the 49ers at all. Um, he doesn't want to be used as the Swiss Army knife that they have been keeping him in. He doesn't want to be in the backfield. And I kind of understand that, mainly because of the pay differences that he's going to you know, ultimately get if people see him as a hybrid running back compared to a receiver. Nobody's going to pay a, a guy that lines up 50% of his snaps in the backfield. But he wants to be primarily a receiver. I think that, you know, relationships between him and Kyle Shanahan, the way that that offense has just been unfolding, has gone a little too sour for his taste, and he's not interested in signing a long-term deal, even though the team offered him one. Um, so money wasn't the object there. 
Uh, but now we see the Chiefs, Packers, Eagles, Jets as the front runners to trade for him. I think I saw the Lions. Lions are in there too, yeah. Potentially, but um, yeah, we'll see what it'll take to get him. But I think he's going to hold out for now. But we're going to segue this a little bit into players holding out in their final year of their rookie deals. Um, or just in general. For, yeah, yeah. I mean, we see it big right now with A.J. Brown and um, Terry McLaurin and Debo Samuel. Those are like the three like that yeah. that going into their fourth year receiving class, everybody's trying to get their money. But there's a historical so, precedent for this too. Correct. I mean, I was texting correct. you earlier. The so first... I'm, I'm gonna. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna back off now. I'm gonna let you say your piece about it. Here's here's your piece as you, you as I so as I so commonly say. Um. But yeah. So I'll let you take that away. What are your feelings on players holding out? No, I think as they're healthy for contracts in the previous extension years no, I, or in the in the future extension years. Look, I I'm not a huge fan of Debo trying to say like, "Oh, I'm just a like a spread out wide receiver." Because we saw that and he wasn't a top 10 guy when he was just an X wide receiver, right? Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and disagree with that statement. Like, my thing is, you have to get in where you fit in, right? And if he's going to go out there and demand Devontae Adams' money, even though if if you had to force me to rank the three guys that you just named in terms of their ability to purely play the wide receiver position, I'm putting... Yeah, Debo would be last on my list. I'm putting Debo Samuel last, exactly. So, for him to think that he's going to go out there and demand... The money, like I, he's not. I, I put somebody's him, gonna pay him though. Look, That's the thing. Somebody will pay him. Look, I put him so much. Like you were talking about that <clears throat> hybrid running back wide receiver role, and I think the only time that we've ever really seen that uh, is with Cordero Patterson, where he was predominantly a running back who but happened. He, but even that, even that, just really started this year. Like, like this yeah. isn't this isn't a set position. That's. That's, you know, even been utilized in a West Coast system or no. anything that we've seen before. Nothing in a spread spread offense. Like, this is – I feel like this is relatively new. Yeah, and my thing is that like, he's – Like, can you imagine, like, what Tavon Austin would have done if, if that was a role crafted for him? Yeah, dude. I mean, I've seen the West Virginia highlight tape. Percy I've Harvin. 20 times. Percy Harvin. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of names in history, Michael Crabtree, that you can start to throw out oh, of guys who are... I don't like that one. What? I don't like the Michael Crabtree what? comp for for a halfback there, but... Well, I mean, okay. even guys who have come out recently, like a... But, like, but like Mike Wallace would have been a stud if, if you want to go back in time. Like, that's that's the sort of player that yeah, if he would have thrived if he wasn't in that locker position. room cancer. But... I mean, well, yeah, look, same thing with Percy Harvin. But look, I digress. I think the bigger issue here is that if Debo wants, like, Debo would not be <clears throat> what he is right now. Like, last year was what made him into Correct. a household name. And he Correct. became a household name. I mean, name. I, I, I love, I love Debo Samuel, though, look, ever since I, he came out of South Carolina. I was a huge fan. Look, I do too. He's on my <clears throat> fantasy team. He's goaded. But the problem is, is that. Like I said earlier, you have to get in where you fit in, and if you get in as a guy who can play 
in the backfield but also catch 100 balls a year for 12 1300 yards then that's what's your that's what your niche is going to be and you're still going to get paid top receiver money because you're still a top yep. receiver it doesn't matter where you line up there's slot guys who are getting paid tons of money and i was like what we were talking earlier we're going through like historically like i think the first wide receiver who really did this was Terrell Owens and it made me yeah. think of the whole him doing sit-ups while answering interview questions and him holding out with the whole him and Donovan McNabb kind of feuding in, like, 2005. Yeah. But that didn't work. He got suspended, and then he came back and played. Like, his holdout didn't work. But then you think of other successful holdouts. You have Michael Thomas. You have Antonio Brown. And then you get to this yeah. year where it Le'Veon seems Le'Veon like, Bell got paid, too, if you want to talk about uh, holdouts. If we, if he got paid. He, he got, got paid. Sure. I, we're not talking about long-term success. We're talking about – because here's the thing. I think that – I'm going to let you keep talking first before I say my my piece here. Hmm. No, Sorry, but I, I think off No, but I think like if you look at this year, we've seen four guys, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, four dudes who are all looking to either get traded or get top receiver money. Oh, Okay, well, here's the thing. I don't think McLaurin or A.J. Brown are trying to get traded. I said or get top receiver money. Okay. That was, that thing, was I'm, why I'm, I said that. Well, yeah, but... But I, mean, I think it's bad I for the know, game. Kinda, you kind of lumped them all together. No, I, was get, that? I think it's bad for the game. Like, I get, I get that you have to get your money, get your bag, whatever. But, like, you signed a rookie deal. Like, imagine going into a job and saying, like, okay... I am going to sign a four-year deal for how much ever money. But you don't have a choice. You you don't really have a choice when you're signing a rookie deal. I. It's it's based it's based on your draft position, the amount of money you're getting, and if you're if you're overvaluing and playing better than what you're worth, why risk an injury? I I know I brought this up to you earlier. We saw Earl Thomas get carted off the field because he was trying to hold out to prevent injuries, and we saw him flipping off Pete Carroll as he was getting you know carted to the carted to the locker room, and you know didn't really get paid by the Ravens that following year after. Yeah, he got signed in a situation, but. I I don't know. I'm all for getting your money. Get locked up. These guys want to – I mean, besides Debo, these guys want to stay with their teams long term. They just want to get paid what they feel they're worth. You, you're you crazy to think that Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Jamar Chase aren't going to try to hold out going into their fourth year before they get a new deal. I mean – If this was 10 years ago, they wouldn't have. I don't know. Correct. I don't know who but, started but, to But set- how is this negatively impacting the game? I don't know who set this precedent that that's the thing. Like I, it feels like it feels like a basketball thing in all honesty. Yeah, and I think that they're kind of. I think it's these agents who understand, um, you know, that this is kind of the 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 era that we're living in, and they represent multiple clients, and they're trying to get the bag for all of their clients. Look, I get it. Also, quick side note: the Earl Thomas situation was a train wreck. Joke. Well. Oh, thank you. If you didn't say joke, I wouldn't have gotten it. Thank but you. Wow. Thank you. Wow. I listen. If you were here in person as you said that, uh, we would have had to pause the pod for a second because I wouldn't have been able to control myself from laughing. Wow. Yeah, that was hilarious. I know. I know. <laughs> my reaction seems very like 
like monotone right now. Well, I look. But I, I, God, I, I, I think that's the funniest thing we've said on the pod. <laughs> look, I wanted to say. In that. all honesty, I went, I'm just in such a bad mood right now. But God, that was that was hilarious. I wanted I to say that again. like a minute and a half ago, but I I didn't. Um, yeah. No, I th- no. I just, I'm glad you did though. No, I just think like literally a decade ago, this wouldn't have happened, and. I think it really started with guys like I mean, look, even like historically, there are people who held out for contracts. It's more just the fact that like, if I'm in my final year of a rookie deal that I signed, I get it, but I don't know where the precedent started. <clears throat> I think it just yeah. I think it just furthers this idea that like holding out like the more people that hold out, the more people are going to do it, and I think yeah. I think the, well, I, the more that it works, yeah. And I get that it's, like, forcing the hand of the team because they don't want to lose someone. I just I just think that it, it – like, I had a lot of respect for Terry McLaurin and A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel. And I think I think that when you hold out, it just kind of lowers – like, it's it's it shows that you're not a team player. It shows that you're just trying to get the bag. And that's why it's like – Man, like I get that not everything's about team loyalty. I completely I know, understand but, that. But also, we've we've seen that that this NFL thing isn't, you know, entirely forever. Anything can change in the moment. No, I mean, I think somebody like, but here's the thing: I think somebody like Lamar Jackson should hold out. I would have an issue if it wasn't on their rookie deal. Let me say that: if we saw somebody like, like Aaron Rodgers holding out and not playing because he's not getting enough money. I'd have an issue with that. You're in your 18th year in the league, no, and you've been paid over your career. But if you're on your rookie deal where, like I said, you only get paid based on where you're drafted pretty much. I mean, you could you can get a little wiggle room, work on cash as opposed to long-term cap hits and everything. But I just – if you're overproducing that, why would you not want to be compensated for what you are worth – to that team. I mean, look, I think the same thing can be said of people. I don't people. think that's a loyalty issue, though. I think the same thing can be said of people. I, th- I think it's a loyalty issue if you're, if you're then saying, like, I want to get traded out of it. Like, oh, they're not well, going to yeah, pay like me. I said, Debo, they're, they're not going to pay me. I'm going to yes. get traded. Like, Debo's a different situation. Like, if Terry and AJ yes. resign just like a year early and they still play out their rookie deal but with the promise of guaranteed money in the future, I'm not too upset. That's, that's, that, that's, that's, that's what the whole point of this is. That's what the whole point of this is. But they're still going to they play out their rookie deal, right? Yeah, but it's it's to guarantee the extension regardless of what happens next season. I see. If, God forbid, anything happens. I feel so bad for DJ Chark. He was going to get extended by the Jaguars, but in that last year of his deal, tore his ACL. Couldn't play the entirety of his, of his last year of that rookie deal. Didn't get tagged because he's, in their eyes, not worth $17 million a year, sure. which he's not. But that, you know, that lost him a lot of money if he had, you know, if he had signed previously to getting injured. So now he's up in the Motor City, wishing nothing but the best. Yeah, but let's go. If but, but, but if he didn't get hurt in that contract year, that prove it year for a lot of these guys, yeah. then it, it, he would have gotten paid a lot more. So I know he's not as big of a name as A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel. He's not up there putting up 20 points in fantasy a game. But it's a on a, on a, on a, a lesser level, tale. Uh, but, it's, but it's something that's relevant and something that's like very, very, I don't want to say probable, but 
in the sport that you're playing that's so physical, these injuries happen all the time, and it's not always anybody's fault specifically, but it cost him a lot of money because he couldn't prove it this year, you know? I get it. So that's that's where I'm going to sit on that, if you have anything else to add to that. No. So here's why you're wrong, Josh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think now we're just going to go over our top five linebackers in this draft. And I think that's going to do it for the pod. So did you want to start and give your top five, or would you like me to start? Yeah. Um, I think there's eight guys who should be drafted in the top, you know, three or four rounds. Oh yeah. Um, at this <clears throat> also, we just had our draft. Oh yeah. Last night, and me and Josh absolutely clapped, and I refuse to believe otherwise. Yeah. So. We, and I'll say that on the pod, knowing that people in that draft listen to this podcast. Yeah, I think the top five teams: three were Justin's, two were mine. Um, yeah. And I stand by that. Um. And it, and and then the six would have been mine as well. Yes. With if if we're talking the Packers, though. I agree. But. I digress. Um, okay, let me go. Let me go in here. Um, yeah, I feel I feel like it's been traditional to let you go first, and for me to be like, let me ruin everybody's day afterwards. Yeah. So, one of the people that Matt's super high on, he's my eighth. That's going to be Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. Um, he's, I mean, kind of a bigger guy, six three, two fifty. Um, and I think depending on where he ends up, he can fit a nice scheme. Um, another guy... Wait, 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 hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Am I stupid? Can you say his name one more time? Leo Chanel or Chennel. What? Who's Channing Tail from, from Wisconsin? So Leo Chanel is from Wisconsin. You're talking about Channing... Oh, gosh, I know who you're talking about. He's not from Wisconsin, though. Um, hold but on. But Jack Jack San Jack Sanborn is also from Wisconsin, though. Maybe. Um, hold on. Channing. Tindall. Yeah, you're talking Chin, uh, Channing Tindall from Georgia. Uh, I think I combined them on my spreadsheet. Yeah, Jack Sanborn. And that's why. And that's why I was giving a lot of smack to Matt. Yeah. For. Yeah. No. That's a tough one. Yeah, no. Leo... I... Yeah. Yeah. I apologize for that yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, Tind- Tyndall is 6'2", 230, and a senior. Leo is 6'3", 250, junior, 34 bench reps, ran a 4'5". Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Had 150... Yeah, that makes a lot more sense why Matt was so high on him. Yeah. Because I was like... I was like, this dude isn't even the best linebacker from his college. What are no. you talking about? Had 115 but, yeah. tackles, 18 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks last year. Dude, dude's yep. a stud. Um, Represent. Another name that escapes my top five, but I like him a lot, is Damone Clark, LSU. Um, yep. I mean, super solid. They only give the number eight. Very rangy. Yeah, they only give the number 18 to guys who they think are you know leaders on and off the field. And they gave it. And that's to the him. thing. I feel. I feel like a lot of these LSU backers are very sideline to sideline. You think of Devin White. We'll see what happens with Patrick Queen. Matt is not very high on him. Yeah. Um, but you know, Demona Clark from LSU, another guy that just fits that mold. Yeah. Um, and then rounding out, <clears throat> rounding out my top five is Quay Walker from Georgia. Or sorry, Ooh. sorry, at my number six. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, I think okay. I think he just misses it. Um, I think he's a little. Okay. I think I mean six four two forty, former four star guy. Um, 
you know, definitely rangy as well, but I think he just, he misses the mark for me. Um, my number five, and this is someone who I am in love with, and I cannot wait to see where he ends up. You already know who I'm talking white about. Boy? He's the fa- your favorite white he's boy? He's my favorite white boy in the draft. His name is Troy <laughs> Anderson, Montana State. So versatile. Former, former first-team Big Sky quarterback. R- rushed for fourteen hundred yards, and then was like, "Yeah, and then, not- and then he, and then he's transferred." Well, well, hold on. He was a quarterback, then went to running back, yep. and now is a linebacker. Yep. So, uh, th- yeah, he played linebacker his third year, kind of subbing in, and now after his fourth year, solidified yeah. starter. But he's been a he's been a stud. Yeah. No matter where he plays, yeah. such a physical freak. He realized that he didn't he wasn't a good enough passer to play quarterback. He was just good at running the ball as a quarterback. And then he last year he was the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year. 147 tackles, 14 tackles for loss. I just great I, IQ on him. Yeah, I love him a lot, especially being. He's that, just a, but yeah, but he is a little raw to the position, oh, in my opinion. Incredibly, but, I think you have to match him with someone who knows that middle linebacker position. But as someone who used to be a absolutely. quarterback, and the middle linebacker is really the quarterback of great the defense, IQ. That's that's what you need, and I think Great there's other IQ. things that you can coach, but there's certain things from him, specifically the intangibles that you can't coach. Um, my number four is Chad Muma from Wyoming. Um, I okay. think I think he's just one of those guys that is you know again one of my favorite white boys, six three. Real, but but yeah, but he's a real leader in that defense, and people think that he can't bump and dump, but. But he's great in coverage. He'll meet anybody in the hole, too, if he needs to. Yeah. And then, again, 6'3", 240. He was second in the nation in tackles in 2021. I just, yeah. Someone who is going to be all over the field, kind of like a Blake Martinez vibe from him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Number three is one of your favorites, and I know that for a fact. Christian Harris, Alabama. Oh, yeah. On the smaller side, 6'1", 225, but... Three-year starter at Alabama. That's no small feat. He's leaving after his junior year. Ran a four-four forty. Um, again, he can get all over. The and place. he's he's somebody who'll meet you at the hole if we want to talk about bumpers and thumpers. Yeah. Um, and then I think the top two are pretty obvious. It's just where you rank yeah. them. Personally, I think Nicobe Dean is my number one. Again, if we're talking okay. small, five eleven two thirty. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, he's that three-down linebacker. Um, Mm-hmm. Great IQ. He won the Buckus Award. Um, ten and he's, a, he's a lot better in blitz packages than people give him credit for, too. Yeah. I mean, he had ten and a half tackles for loss on a loaded Georgia defense. And then... Yeah, and, and you know, we can always take that with a grain of salt. He had better holes because he was on a Georgia team, but he had less opportunities because he was on a Georgia team. You know what I mean? So, I just... Just playing the flip side there. Yeah, and then I think someone who improved their stock last year, I think Nicobe Dean might have been number one. But I think what we saw out of Devin Lloyd last year, again, redshirt senior, 6'3". Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait a minute. So are you say, you're saying Nicobe Dean is still your number one? No, Nicobe Dean's my two. Okay, well, you said he was your number one. No, I'm saying that if, if this was last year... Like if, if, okay. if, if, if I don't know. Okay. No, no, no. no. I'm we'll saying, go back. We'll check. We'll check the pod. We'll check no, the pod. I'm saying if Devin, got the receipts. I'm saying if Devin Lloyd didn't have the year that he had last year. No, I no. I was saying originally when you're like the top two is like whatever. For me, number one is Nakobe. Oh no no no, like, no 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 no. Oh no 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 no. I'm just saying we'll check the receipts. We'll check the receipts. Okay. I don't think I said that, and I, if I did say that, I didn't mean to say that because my number one by far is Devin Lloyd. 
again. Okay, I agree. I, I wasn't gonna fight you on it, but I agree with your latter statement. No, I think he's the kind of guy that can play the Mike. He can play the Will. He can play the Sam. Depends on where you want to put him on the field. Um, I think he's incredibly versatile at 6'3", 240. He had 110 tackles last year, 22 tackles for loss, 8 sacks, and 4 picks, including 2 pick 6s. Um, so he was he played safety in high school. Obviously, he got bigger. He bulked up. Only problem that people are seeing with him is the fact that he ran a 4.66 at the Combine. I, at a middle yeah. at a middle linebacker spot, I really don't think that's a huge issue because he's shown how he can play, uh, in, especially in a Pac-12 defense at Utah. So here's the thing. I, I mean, like, he gives me very much Devin Bush vibes. I mean, but I'm hopefully familiar with Devin Bush. Ho- hopefully better, given that Bush has yeah. underperformed a little bit in the league. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I think Bush also was in the four fours, so... That's like a little bit of a, yeah, you know, comp there for me. So, I guess we're coming on over to me. I'm just going to shout out a couple guys that I think everybody needs to keep their eye on. Excuse me. Darian Beavers from Oregon State. Love him. Brandon Smith from Penn State. This guy does not get nearly enough credit. Did you just say um, Darian Beavers from Oregon State? Oregon, yes, Oregon State. No, yeah, I Darian don't care. Beavers went to Cincinnati. The Beavers are just the Oregon State what? mascot. What is wrong with me, with my linebackers? See, this is like last episode. Wow, that was a tough one. Um, well, glad he didn't get drafted because I would have <laughs> said some stuff and looked stupid <laughs> last night. Um, yeah, love Brandon Smith from Penn State. No, love I, Brian. As- I do too. I oh. I drafted him in the fourth yeah. last night. Yeah, I I think he's going to go earlier than that, in all honesty. Um, big Brian Asamoah fan from Oklahoma. Um, Nate Landman from Colorado. Micah McFadden from uh, Indiana. There's this kid, I'm blanking on his name, from Ole Miss that I'm, that I'm a big fan of. Sam Williams. Who, no, Sam Williams is an edge. Some people have him as an outside linebacker. Okay, well, I don't agree with that statement. But... My number five linebacker, because I know everybody is so curious, is Chad Mumma um, from Wyoming. As Josh said, let's go. Uh, we just we love we love him. Um, my four, I have Quay Walker at my four. Um, this isn't something that I think. Yeah, I don't think either of us are going to be splitting hairs with this, but I think that if you look, if you're a box score kind of guy, you're not going to be impressed by Quay Walker. But if you if you put on the tape, he he does everything he's supposed to do and nothing that he's not, but he just doesn't extend himself to go above and beyond that. Yeah. I think my um, thing look, I think my thing is if you look at the eight guys that I said, I think only Nicobe Dean and Devin Lloyd are really first round grade prospects. Three yeah, through eight and, and you know, I could I could see Nicobe Dean slipping to the second too. Yeah. I think anywhere three through eight is pretty interchangeable. So I'm yeah. I'm fully on board with Quay Walker being your fourth and my sixth. I, I think that, yeah, yeah very interesting. I, I wasn't going to fight you on any of that. And then, yeah, our top three are the same. I have Christian Harris from Alabama, big fan. We talked about N'Kobe Dean and Devin Lloyd at my number one. Not much debate there. I think I think we'll have fun with cornerbacks, though. I think we'll have fun with cornerbacks. Maybe not safeties. We might agree on a lot with there. Yeah. But uh, I on, think cornerbacks are going to be really fun next week. Oh, my favorite part about your your picks and where you have them ranked is their pro comparison. Uh, we've heard 
Devin Lloyd's being Devin Bush. But where are your other where are your other four? Do you have any? Um, you know, I haven't really sat here and thought about it. Christian Harris, unfortunately, gives me the Vontez Perfect um, vibes. N'Kobe Dean, um, what's his size again? Is he, He's under, right? He's way under. 5'11", 230. So, yeah, so I hate, I you know, I hate comparing guys to, to past legends, but it gives me the Sam Wills vibe. Okay. Um, old Saints linebacker there for you guys. Quay Walker. 6'4", um, 240. Yeah, gives me a little bit of that. Um, uh, oh, who's the guy in the Packers? Zadarius. Zadarius Smith. Or is he the linebacker, or is his it's brother the linebacker? Zadarius was a Packer, got cut, thought he was going to sign with the Ravens, yeah. and then. Yeah, but he wait, is, is, he's more of an edge though, right? He's on the Vikings now. Yeah, I'd say Zadarius Smith is an edge. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna recant that statement. Quay Walker, he gives me like Brandon, like I, I'm I'm gonna go with a deep cut here. Brandon Marshall, Bruce Irving vibes. Um, I don't know what it is, but it that's like that's Broncos what I'm like to. good Brandon yeah, Marshall Broncos, vibes. Yeah, yeah, when he was when he was good for like a year, and when Bruce Irving was stepping up on that uh, Legion of Boom, and Chad Mumma, I mean, I think. I think you described him perfectly with Blake Martinez. Yeah. And yes, it's because he's white. No. Um, <laughs> no, he's got, he had 142 yeah. tackles last year. If, if Blake Martinez yeah, is that, anything, it's he's that whole tackle, tackle machine thing. Jinx. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that about does it for us this week. That was good. Yeah, I'm glad we still got to it, even though I was like, Josh, we're going to skip this week Dude, because I'm miserable. I was so upset. I, I was like, I did all my research. I, I ran yeah. I ran on like the, the elliptical, and I was like, all right, I got my workout in. I even went to Harris Teeter. I got some groceries. Avery's coming into Damn. town this weekend. He's going yeah. well, to be here tomorrow. So I was like, all right, I got to get all this stuff done, get, get ready for the pod. Damn. Went, did my research. Yeah, I just... I, I just got my ass kicked in volleyball, and now I have a pinched nerve in my back, bloody bruised knees, and I texted in our group chat that now is as good of time as any to uh, forfeit the rest of the season. So. Justin, if you're a bitch, just say that. I hey, we're allowed to be on on. This is an uncensored episode you, this week. You you said the f word within fifteen yeah. seconds. So. Yeah, that's no. Is that kind of fucking night for me? Let's go. <laughs> oh god. Um. But yeah, since it's also that night, fucking love Troy Anderson, my favorite goddamn white boy in this draft. <laughs> and Earl Thomas ran the. Fucking train with this brother. We love some incest. And I don't know what else there is to say tonight, but God bless uh, the United States. Um, <laughs> we'll catch you guys next week. Justin, with more... Justin doesn't want Joe Biden to be his commencement speaker. I do. One of us has to be right. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>